we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Um, obviously, everyone has different starts, different right? Starts. But you cannot, um, your start is not what's going to dictate it. It's, it's where you finish. It's what you, it's what you take, it's what you do with the tools that are provided to you, Yeah. right? We all live in the same world. We all have the same 24 hours. Uh, we all have to, sometimes some of us go to school. We all need a job. Everyone's getting paid minimum wage sometimes, right? Um, but it depends on what you do with the tools that you have. Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host, Deepak Sharma, and this podcast aims to connect communities through conversation. I truly believe that all human beings are fundamentally the same and really kind of want the same things. So I just like to have conversations with people from different walks of life to explore just that. This week, I sit down with Imran Jaffer, a fourth degree black belt who owns and operates Canadian Sport Martial Arts Academy, a dojo with over 250 members where he teaches, inspires, and leads. Imran is a two-time WKA world champion and has been involved in martial arts since he was six years old, and he's been teaching since he was 13. He's trained students to get their black belt, compete at high-level tournaments, and become their best selves. Imran is also a serial side hustler, a motivator, and very recently became a father as well. That being said, it wasn't always a clear path for Imran to become the successful leader, teacher, businessman, and motivator he is today. We talk about his life and martial arts journey, as well as the ups and downs he's faced throughout that journey. We talk about the importance of losing and failing, and he shares really personal stories about stepping out of his comfort zone and the role that risk-taking has had on his life. We talk about his self-awareness in realizing that school wasn't for him, climbing out of a dark place and taking control of his own life by leaving school behind to now chase his passions and take over a martial arts school. But that was just the tip of the iceberg as we dive in on his financial strategies to set yourself up for success through side hustles such as social media marketing and personal training, as well as the impact that having a child has had on his visions and goals. This dude really inspires me, and if you invest your time into listening to this whole episode start to finish, I think you'll feel the same. I love bringing this kind of content to you, but I need your help to take it to the next level, and here's how you can help. Please subscribe on whatever platform you consume podcasts on, leave a rating and review, share the link to the podcast on all platforms, subscribe to the email list on my website, itsnotthatdeeppodcast.com, or even contribute to my Patreon page. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and remember, it's not that deep. Imran, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited to do this now. We've been talking about it for a very long time. Yeah. And I know I say that about everyone, but yo, this one I've been really looking forward to. Uh, you're a guy I actually like really look up to. Uh, you like you really inspired me. Uh, but let's go through your creds a little bit. You're a fourth degree black belt owner and teacher at um, Canadian Sport Martial uh, Martial Arts Academy. I almost screwed that up a bit. Uh, and a self-made businessman, hustler, and also recently a father. Uh, congratulations for that, by the way, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, but I really look up to you, your grind and your hustle. Like I've known you for a while now. And just watching your absolute passion for everything you do, it's just, it's just amazing, man. So thanks for coming out. Mm -hmm. It's great to have you here. Thank you for saying that. And uh, I want to say congratulations on all your success in this podcast. 
Um, earlier this year, the, the camera's right there, right? I can look yeah, right yeah, at the yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Earlier this year, this guy uh, posted, I'm going to start a podcast, and it right away got my site. Right away, I was looking at it. And now when you look at the people he's had on his podcast and the momentum and the speed it's growing, it's actually so motivating. It's amazing. So when he asked me to be on the podcast, I was very humbled and, and excited uh, so I couldn't wait. I kept telling him, yo, let's do it soon. Let's do it soon. He's like, no, no, no. And then the next, no, my parents came and finally we got it done today. Yeah. Uh, today's the day. So let's get going. I really appreciate all those kinds of words, man. Like it, it all starts with an idea, right? Mm-hmm. And then actually executing on it, you kind of get caught up in the day to day, but I'm just having fun with it, man. I feel like I'm just getting started though. And speaking about just getting started, let's talk about your starting. How'd you get into martial arts? Let's dive right in. Like, what piqued your interest in this martial arts game to start? Okay, so I'm not the most athletic person. Um, I'm not the most, I wasn't the most talented kid. I was, uh, my parents put me in soccer as a kid. And actually, my parents have this picture of me (laughs) crying in my, you know, you get those soccer (laughs) pictures and I'm crying in my picture. Um, and I was that kid on the field who would talk with the other kids while the ball was in the complete other side of the field. So I was in there, I was just chilling, you know, I was, I was just having a good time, but not really doing anything. So, um, I wasn't one of those kids that strive in team sports, not a naturally talented kid. Um, and then I had this neighbor, uh, who started karate, who started martial arts and we're, I'm actually born from Hamilton. So I'm from, from Hamilton. So, um, I had this neighbor who started karate and we were always close and you know you know when your neighbor comes home he would always come home every weekend with trophies Mm -hmm. and then i would go over to his house and play and his room would be full of trophies um and then i went home and i told my mom like mom he has so many trophies i want to get trophies someday (laughs) i want a room full of trophies you know i want to do karate Mm -hmm. um and then we we tried it out and i started loving karate back in the day so i started when i was six years old in karate in a very uh, traditional old school karate school. And it was kind of like a low, low down school. It wasn't one of the higher level schools. There was a lot of good martial arts schools at the time in uh, Hamilton. And the one that my neighbor went to, I really wanted to go to that one. But unfortunately, we we couldn't afford it. So Mm. my parents put me in this really low down one up, like up the stairs and just wood floors and very, very traditional where I'm talking, you get a belt every year. Mm. So you're in there for a long time um, and you're just doing super traditional moves. And then since, and then, so I got my blue belt when I was there and um, my dad since then got a job, got offered a job in Ottawa. Then we moved to Ottawa. And then when I, when we came to Ottawa um, again, there was a lot of great martial arts schools in Ottawa um, you know, you had your friend Tony Greco here, mm-hmm. who was amazing, by the way, yep. who was also a great role model of mine. Um, he had his own school. So many people had schools um, and high level martial arts schools. And then there was this one school I went to and uh, oh, sorry, time for a sec. I still didn't win a trophy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I said I really want trophies. I still didn't get a trophy by then. Um, yeah. And that was I was in karate for already so long for like four years. Still no trophy. And so we, we get to Ottawa, and there's one martial arts school we go to. Um, it's called Pro Style Martial Arts, located in uh, Canada. Okay. Um, and it's still around, actually. It's still there. And we went there, and I saw there's trophies everywhere, and the 
classes are packed and you know it's such a great organized school right and um i really wanted to go i did my first intro class really really wanted to go and i told my mom mom look there's trophies everywhere and my mom's like don't fall for all that trophy stuff it's probably really expensive <laughs> <laughs> that's what it comes down to with yeah, immigrant you know, like, parents, right? yeah man like you know my my dad is the one that works my mom is the hustler you know uh, that's, that's how it is you that's know how it goes. and my mom works too but my mom was the hustler she was in charge of of everything financially you know and um so that was the case and and my mom and obviously they were charging a lot probably close to double to what we were paying back in Hamilton. Okay. But um, my mom always remembers this because she doesn't regret it, obviously. Um, when she signed me up for karate at the school called Pro Style Martial Arts, the lady that was signing me up told my mom that, you know, because my mom was like, you know, I'm used to paying, you know, $50 a month. I can't remember, $50 a month. And here it's like $90 a month, you know. Why, you know, why are you charging so much? And I remember the lady... Uh, telling my mom that this uh, Mrs. Jaffer, this is going to be one of the best investments you'll ever do for your son. And karate is the only thing I've always done. I've never done any other sports. I've actually tried out for other sports uh, uh, and I failed. It it didn't work out for me. Karate was always my thing. (laughs) So, but the thing is when I went to this school, they made me start from the bottom again. So I had to start as a white belt. So I was a blue belt. Oh, that's humbling. I know. <laughs> I wasn't the best blue belt, so it actually worked out. And I say this all the time in my school, um, the kids that take the longest to get their black belts always turn out to be the best black belts. Mm. So it takes on average four to five years in my school to get a black belt, but I don't rush anyone. So they made me start as a white belt and then end up training there uh, and, then, and then getting my black belt there. Um, and then, you know, so much, so much happened there. I grew a lot at this school and I had my, my karate instructor, his name's Master John, um, who still teaches there, was probably my big, one of my biggest mentors in my life. Um, every martial arts instructor, I'm sure if, if anybody has done martial arts or listened to this, you guys will always remember your karate instructor. Um, your karate instructors will, will always be one of the biggest mentors. And he taught me about competition. He taught me about teaching. And then it all went from there. And I used to help out with classes when I was younger, helping out for free, um, helping out with parties, and eventually they hired me, and then I started working there, and then everything became history. So you were all in on it. This is all encapsulating. This is all you did with your free time outside of school and whatnot. Exactly. It was always karate. I'd, I'd go to school. I'd do my homework. I'd actually bring my homework to the karate school <laughs> and do my homework at the karate school, then assist with classes, and then actually train. Okay, that's really cool, man. So then when you... When you're surrounded by this and now you're you're slowly getting up and getting up in different belts and then whatnot, what was your what was the goal still the trophies or did that shift? Did the mind now shift to loving the process more? What what was it? It was still the trophies. It was still the it trophies. Was still the trophies. So how it happened <laughs> was, um, I all you know we had um, every school they have their competitive members that would try out for Team Canada. Kind of like, you know, you had Tony Greco who talked about his uh, his gold medal at the World Championships. We would compete at the same World Championships as Tony Greco. Okay. Um, and every school you had to qualify at tournaments and everything like that. And I'd always see, like, there's probably from our school maybe five students um, that were always doing extra training. And I'm always like, man, I want to do that. I want to do that. And my instructor always told me, you can't try out uh, until you're a black belt. I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm assisting with classes. I'm doing tournaments. It took me a while to start winning at tournaments. Like I said, I wasn't super talented. 
I only started winning uh, winning trophies at tournaments when I was a brown belt. Okay. But the thing is, when you become a black belt, it's a different game because you're competing against people who have done it for so long. Yeah. Right? That's when a you... way higher caliber of, of, of competition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a st- different game. So when I got my black belt and I jumped into and I started doing tournaments in the black belt level, I didn't win anything for like a good two years. Okay. It was it was a drought. <laughs> so no trophies. And it took me a while. It, t- it took me, uh, what, it, what it took was, you know, looking at who's at first place, who's at second place, third place, and seeing what they're doing. And, and I got to see what they're doing. I got to do what they're doing and more. Okay. You know, and I used to ask, you know, there's referees. I used to ask them, you know, what is it I need to work on? What do I need to improve on? It's always just kind of seeking knowledge and then going back to the lab and grinding it out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's that's pretty much it. And once after a good two years of, of competing at black belt and losing terribly, I actually started winning. Mm. Um, and in karate. How, what did that feel like? That, amazing. that shift. Amazing. And I would come home with, with trophies and actually at my my mom didn't let me keep my trophies. My mom has all my trophies at her house in Toronto. Okay. So when I go visit my parents, my trophies are all there. I got I mean, I have a, some at my house and some of my my world, uh, my world championship medals at my house. But all my trophies are at my mom's house, at my parents' house. Why? Uh, because she didn't want me to take them. She she was just so she's so proud of me, right? And I've just so I was so committed to I it. I love that. So into it, and every weekend going to a tournament in Montreal, in Toronto, anywhere, and just competing and that's and just back. that's so powerful, man. Because you ate shit for a long time. I like I was trying to put that in a nice way, but no, like you were losing. You were not winning. You were not getting what you wanted. You were not getting the trophies. But it would be so easy for you to have just been like, it's ain't for me. Maybe I'm just not an athletic guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, I'm not cut out for this. Like I'm a brown belt. That's good. But did what was the mentality like? Like when you were like, I gotta, I gotta get that black belt. I gotta get in. I gotta start winning these tournaments. I gotta compete, train harder. What was that like? Because a lot of people don't go about their life like this, right? Mm-hmm. To you, it must be natural. But explain that, like that mentality. Well, back then, you don't. I was young, so I don't really. You don't really think about it this way. But now, when you think about it, it's the concept that no one gets what they want the first time mm. and sometimes not the second time and a lot of times not the third time and the fourth time you just got to keep trying it's like the the greatest um people in the world you have uh, like you, you read all these success stories of like steve jobs for example steve jobs wasn't successful right away it took no. him a lot of times to keep trying keep trying he got so fired he got from it. his own company exactly right <laughs> like, so so many so many of these people yeah, right yeah. so many of these very successful people and obviously i didn't know this when i was young um because when you're younger you don't you don't think like that you're just you know it depends everyone's different but you just keep coming back you just keep coming back you know you don't take it to heart as much as when you're older Mm. and when you're a teenager and everything like that because everything changes but um yeah that's that's you know now that i think about it that's the mentality and i've used that mentality and everything and actually it's the it's the black belt mentality it's what we teach at my school is that we won't win the first time. You're not supposed to win the first time. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to go, you lose, you come back, you learn, you you figure it out, you go again, you might lose again, you might win again, and you should get closer and closer every time. Let's actually talk about that right there for a little, little bit because I think that's really important what you're teaching right there because in a world where we're often taught, you know, like, avoid failure try your best to just succeed, succeed, succeed. 
go get an A plus on that test or else, you know, you did not do well. I think it's important to teach people that, yo, failure is good. Failure is a part of life. We don't have to make it this taboo negative thing. And like in a world of participation awards and stuff like that, I'm sure you have an opinion on all that. Mm -hmm. But like, how do you, I mean, I guess it's not really a question so much as just a, how do you kind of instill that in the greater, like not just for martial arts to people, because it can apply to business, life, everything, right? So, um, great question. I would like to use the quote from uh, the best, most famous martial artist, Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. where you're only defeated, defeat is a state of mind, you're only defeated when you give up. Right. It's a great quote. And I say it to all my students. We um, we talk about it a lot. Um, it's just like I said, it's the no quit, all hustle kind of concept. Right. You got to keep going when it when it doesn't work out. You come back, you go back to the lab, you see what I did wrong and you got right back at it. And um, yeah, like do you attribute that more to discipline? from a young age? You know, you talk about from six years old, you're in karate. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone wants to start as someone older and get into let's say a a 30 year old wants to get into karate mm -hmm. and um you know starts getting his ass kicked and isn't in great shape and you know just starts to see really negative results how do you try to motivate or, or keep this person on track to be like no 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 this is all part of the process you will get to where you want to get it just takes time how do you like, how do you instill that in older people or people who are wired a little different? Well, in the end of the day, you have to be a result of what you're teaching, right? You got to be a role model to your members. So I have a lot of adult karate members. Um, and this, this year, uh, we had a few of them had to go for their black belts. Okay. And to go for a black belt at my school, there's certain fitness requirements. Uh, one of them is 50 push-ups in a row without taking a break and you have a pad on your chest so you have to touch the you have to touch the pad with your chest 100 push-ups in less than three minutes um and all kinds of other crazy stuff and i had a couple two tell eight. me some of the other ones okay so i want to know I wanna 500 know. crunches okay um and running uh 5k in less than uh, 10 minutes okay so just like you know pretty much we want our we want our martial arts to be in shape obviously if you're gonna be a black belt you got to be in shape Come on, you know, like it's, conditioning it is oh, very it, an important part of that. Yeah, it kills me when I see black belts and and they're out of shape and their belts are like this long <laughs> on them because their belly's so big. It kills me. Yeah. You got to be in shape, and that's what we teach at my school, and that's why I have to always be in shape. Okay, anyways, so I had two ladies um, who felt literally like it was impossible to achieve this goal. So they've been training with me for almost four years, and it's time to go for your black belt. You have to meet these fitness requirements and everything. And they're like, oh, man, I don't see it possible. I don't think I can do this. And they literally want to quit. Um, and my job, I told her, like, that's, that my job is not to let you quit. I'm, I'm a, I'm a wrenchy. I'm a, I'm a fourth degree black belt. You cannot quit. My, goals, my job, my goal is to make sure you achieve your goals. And your goal is to become a black belt. And your goal is to become the best version of you. So um, what we did, what I told, and I kind of just had to tell her straight up. And when, when people go through that uh that kind of scenario that kind of situation where they're in a really rough spot and they don't feel like it's it's um it's attainable the goal's not attainable yeah. you gotta tell them straight up and i told her what i said to her was that you know uh because it was actually an interesting scenario her daughter 
uh, did martial arts and got her black belt okay. the year before. And she she had a hard time getting a black belt as well. And I had to fight her to get it. And I had to tell her, like, listen, we can do this. I had to motivate her. And even the mom really wanted to push her. And now the mom is not wanting to do it. So I said to her, well, think about your daughter, mm. right? Um, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna go through with this, you pushed your daughter so hard to do this, you're gonna be the biggest role model for your kids, right? I will always remember, I had so many great role models growing up, but as I got older, I realized that my dad was the best role model for me. He was the greatest role model for me. And your kids are gonna, I'm sure you've realized that, all yep. kids realize that as they get older. So you got to, as a parent, and I'm a, I'm a parent now, I can say this, as a parent, everything you do, everything you, you put your mind to, you got to achieve it. When you say you're going to do something, you got to do it because your kids are always going to remember that. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Now mm. it's not, you're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this for your daughter. You're doing this for your family, right? So it's a bigger picture now. So back to the question of what, you know, when you have an adult member that's <coughs> in that position, you kind of got to tell them straight up what they don't want to hear mm. and it's hard because i'm i'm a bit younger than a lot of these members but now i've been doing this for so long i've been doing martial arts for over 20 years i've seen so many different cases now i'm just kind of telling them I, I say to them like listen you got to do this or think of your kids you're the biggest role model for them yeah if you if you quit how are they going to continue right how are they going to continue or achieve try to achieve a goal if you quit on your goals right but well, that's what it comes down to you can't teach your kids to set goals if you're not unable to set goals and achieve them yourself right because then uh, everything you say to them won't have any backbone it, it's just you're just preaching to nothing exactly i like that a lot that's very powerful brand um so let's talk about how you switched martial arts schools talk to me about that a little bit uh because you did talk about having this mentor um you know was it coach joe or sorry uh master joe yep instructor named master john yeah and uh how did that all work out what, what was the switch why'd you do it so uh i'm not gonna get too far in detail of it but um essentially um i wanted to you know i was gonna go to university i was turning 18 going to university I wanted to change my training up. I wanted to do a little more fighting and all that kind of stuff. And and then I actually met my second mentor um, at the gym. Okay. So he was work. Uh, this guy was working at the gym. We've seen each other at tournaments before. He owns a martial arts school in Canada as well. Um, we've seen each other at tournaments before. We made eye contact. We're like, yo, what's up? You know, hey. And then he kind of came up to me and we just started chatting. Okay. You know, and he was actually running this big tournament. Um, his name is Ben Stewart, by the way. Uh, he was running this this big tournament, and I was telling him, yeah, I don't think I'm going to come to the tournament. And then long story short, he kind of sold me on coming to the tournament and then came to the tournament. And then from there, it just started from there. He's like, you know, we talked about training. And he's like, you know, if you want to train, you have to be a member of my school. And then that's how it happened. So I ended up switching schools because of the just I just want and I'm still got a great relationship with Master John. Actually, I saw him this weekend. We're still super tight. I'll never forget what he's done for me. He, yeah. he was had a great uh, hand in raising me and teaching me a lot of values of life and everything mm -hmm. like that and how to teach great classes as well. Um, and then I met my second mentor. And I think it's important that you have many mentors in your life. Right. Um, so I've had many mentors to help me with my, my career and my business career. 
Um, so I switched over to this school. I started training there. And then they hired me as an instructor over there. So I was used to work at the other school as an instructor. And then I, I ended up stopping because I was focusing on school, just doing personal training on the side. Mm -hmm. And then um, then they hired me here so I can do my personal training there and teach classes there. Okay. So at this new gym, what was it like? What was different? How did you work on the fighting more? Did you get to do more sparring, that kind of stuff? Yes. Uh, now, here's the thing about martial arts schools. They all compete against each other. We all compete against other martial arts schools. You know, you you switch to one school. Ooh, you know, it's 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 like that. You know, it's it's a community. Everyone knows each other because we see each other at tournaments. It's always been like that, especially way back in the day. Not as much right now, but definitely way back in the day, it was like that. It's like a loyalty thing. Yeah, it's a big loyalty okay. thing, right? And it makes sense, right? Yeah. You've been trained there for so long. You you this like your dojo, your school is is like a home, second home to you, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm coming from a different school. These guys are great fighters. They're beating me up. It's part of the game, you know, and they're kicking my butt and I'm trying to get better at fighting through these guys. And, and it was great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And, uh, how was fighting with people who are now all kind of higher level? What was that transition? It's awesome. You gotta, that's the best way to get better, right? You gotta, uh, associate yourself with better people, so if you want to, and I tell this to all my students who fight, who do a lot of fighting, I'm like, if you want to become a better fighter, you got to fight the higher level fighters. And when you're fighting the higher level fighters, you got to go all out because in the end of the day, you got nothing to lose okay. because they, they're a high level fighter. This fighter, this guy may be a third degree black belt who's multi-time world champion. So, and I may be just a brown belt. I got nothing to lose if I'm fighting this guy. He has everything to lose. So I should just go all out. And that's how you're going to learn. Are you trying right. to knock these guys out in in karate fighting? Excuse my ignorance yes. here, because I've actually <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched one. Yeah. Um. But what is like the the objective? What is like the okay. actual goal? So there's a couple styles of fighting, right? There's there's boxing, there's kickboxing, there's point sparring, there's obviously MMA, which MMA is a mix of everything together. Point karate or point sparring, how it is is you're using a lot of kicks, a lot of explosive movement, and it's whoever hits first. And obviously, when you're fighting. In the men's division, there's no no one's going back. Everyone's hitting freaking hard. You know, full tilt. Full tilt, man. You know, you're fighting a you're fighting a full grown man, and they're fighting super hard. Uh, so when we're training, obviously, when you're training, when you're sparring, you're not trying to knock each other out. It's you know, you're trying to make each other better. Obviously, you're gonna get kicked in the stomach. It's gonna hurt. You might you might take a shot to the take a kick to the head or face. It's gonna hurt, but like you're not trying to hurt each other. But, uh, I mean, you're getting beat up here and there, but it's part of the game, right? Are you wearing any protective headgear in this or, or stuff like that? And what's your opinion on that? Uh, yes, because your head is it's the most important part of your body. But do you think it actually uh, protects your head? Let's say I'm kicking you in the head full tilt and I actually have experience and know how to do it. Yep. Is this little piece of whatever it is no no, it does, no. <laughs> i've seen people get knocked out by wearing the headgear it, no it does not uh definitely does but not it's better than not having headgear yeah you'd say. but you're still gonna get knocked out <laughs> <laughs> like i've seen people get flat out knocked out wearing wearing a full headgear you know it's like so sometimes like what's the point of wearing the headgear right but obviously like insurance purposes uh, -huh. uh oh business, yeah, yeah you know yeah, everyone's yeah. gotta be wearing full protective gear okay you know? so that when you think about it from that perspective then yes okay right so uh, how do you feel about uh, the impact of brain injuries and stuff like that in in this sport uh i think now it's really coming out it's this sport it's mostly like you know when you watch full contact uh, like you watch UFC and you see like now you'll notice now they're being a little more quiet about it. They're not uh, 
they're also being smart about it. You're not letting fighters fight right away when they get knocked out. And it's super important. Like, I saw this one guy. Uh, his name is Michael Bisbing. Yeah. If you know UFC, you know Michael Bisbing, this English fighter. Great guy. Hilarious. I met him, actually, when, oh, no when UFC came to Ottawa. I met him, and he's hilarious. Um, but he, when he lost to GSP, which was freaking sick fight. Yeah. I don't know. Did you watch yeah, that fight? Holy freak. <laughs> legendary fight. Crazy fight. GSP is the GOAT. Come on. GSP is the GOAT. I love me Never got GSP. caught with steroids. He's Canadian. And the guy... Fights most up. humble dude yeah. ever. I mean, I haven't met him, but from like a podcast, I've we're gonna get him on the podcast. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> Let's do we'll it. Tag man. GSP on this post. Um, <laughs> but I'm so humble. And actually, GSP is a karate guy. I don't think people oh, uh, people know, know that. But we didn't. We I didn't say that. GSP is actually a karate guy, okay. and karate is all about respect. So you'll notice a lot of the karate guys in UFC, they're not trash talkers. They don't say stupid stuff. They don't do stupid stuff in the ring. They're very humble and respectful. Mm. Um, so GSP actually trains in point sparring as well, like I do okay. um, in Montreal. But anyways, we're, we're talking about Michael Bisping here. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, all good, all good. Yeah, yeah. So um, Michael Bisping, when he fought GSP, GSP uh, beat him, which was an amazing fight. And then literally took a fight next month, and he got knocked down in this fight. Takes a fight next month. He's like, okay, I'm going to take this last minute fight, not prepared, and gets knocked out, flat out knocked out. And that's he had, what and he was I, yeah. I got yeah yep and he was forced to retire um so you know when it comes and i don't know a lot about the head stuff by the way so i um i just i don't know too much about it but that's when i that's when i noticed that you know like they got to be careful with these fighters these fighters are putting their their life on the line but but what does that mean what is they got to be careful because when two men are entering a cage yeah and you're telling them to basically all but kill them yeah it's basically just one step before killing another person. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the absence of, of, of a crew and like, you know, ambulance, whatever, mm-hmm. I am trying to kill this person and I have all these tools tools in my arsenal to do so. Yeah. Whether it be submission, knockout, this, blah, 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 blah. How could you make that more safe? Like, I don't get how. I think it's the post, the post fight oh, okay. recovery, right? Like recovery. After Take you're more done a time. fight, if this guy got flat out knocked out the first fight, don't make him fight in a month later. Yeah. And now you, they, they are doing. I notice they are. I see better things. Like when, uh, I saw this one fighter got terribly knocked out, and yeah. he's he's on suspension for like almost a year now, which makes sense, mm. right? Because, um, I've never been knocked out. I've been lucky. I haven't been knocked <laughs> out. I've been hurt, yeah, yeah, I've been hit very hard, uh, but I've never been knocked out. But from I know people that have been knocked out, and from what they tell me is that once it happens once, when you when you take a shot again, your brain automatically switch off, switches uh, off. So it's like a defense I, mechanism. Exactly, that's exactly it. So when these guy when these fighters they get knocked out a month before, and then they jump into the ring again, like you're kind of like you're setting them up to die, <laughs> almost yeah. die, you know. And yeah. and then later on, he's gonna pay for it in the long run, right? So not you know anyone is gonna pay for it in the long run. Well, yeah, man, you see a lot of uh, boxers and and high level fighters, you know, they're you know up on the outside they appear fine yeah. during their youth and during their prime, but then later in life, man, they're shaking. They can barely formulate a sentence, you know. It's not pretty. It's no. It's but it's a reality. Yeah. And I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot, and I hear him talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And like he's way more immersed into this world, right? And he talks about it as well. Just like, yeah, man, I I think he was a Taekwondo or something. Yeah, is it coming up. Yep, he and, was a Taekwondo. And 
he was getting headaches and you know he's like he had to take a step back and be like yo do i want to do this like is this smart for me mm-hmm. so i like i don't really have a point here i'm literally just like i'm just wondering like how how what's the future of this because all it's going to take is one or two people to actually you know pass away someone did really i don't know if you heard about that in a boxing match recently no way so someone got knocked out pretty bad and went to hospital and he died did and not he was know. young. He was twenty, like twenty-eight or something. Jeez, it's pretty, man. pretty messed up, man. That is messed up, Sad. man. It's only gonna take a few of those exactly. for, for you know, government or somebody to step in and be like, well, you can only do this on an Indian reserve. I don't know. You can, <laughs> you can only do this like other places, like where yeah. you know the law does not apply as strong, like because, and, and I think it was a big fight for the UFC. If you correct me if I'm wrong, to even become legal in many states yeah in the yeah. u.s like i heard for a long time new york didn't allow it and this state didn't allow it, that state but yeah you know imagine like they came that far and then now people dropping dead from one or two like if you got deontay wilder knocking you out is that gonna be you good for you? This i weekend. saw that bro <laughs> nasty, <Bronze> squad. nasty <laughs> man. but yo as oh, guys we uh, like i like uh, getting together with the guys and yeah. sitting down and watching ufc and it's a great spectacle and i i really enjoy and i appreciate the the martial arts and the training and discipline and years of you know like you don't see the years of grind and work to get to even that stage yeah but then i don't know man like is there a future because i feel the same way about football mm-hmm. it's very like there's a spotlight sh- uh, shined on it now mm-hmm. in, in professional football and i mean american football to all my worldwide fans out there who are uh super pissed that i'm using the wrong football <laughs> <laughs> but american football like the head-to-head collisions and the, yeah. the uh, cte and you know all this brain trauma i don't know i just think in the future we're gonna see a lot softer versions of this stuff like you know no leg kick to the head or no elbow you know certain types of elbows are allowed only to the body Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just i'm just spitballing here but we're gonna see some like yeah well now there's more knowledge there's more research out there about brain trauma and everything like that how do you prepare your students for that so um luckily the tournaments obviously it's it's kids so they're not fighting that freaking hard thank god you know um it's more of a mindset the way we prepare them as well right we i mean you the thing about uh i say this to students about sparring is that you can have the best kicks you can have the best punches but if you're not willing to actually execute it and actually get in there and be willing to take the risk of getting hit then there's no point, right? So you got to have that mindset, that strong mindset that you're okay with getting hit because part of the game, you're going to get hit, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it is part of the game. It, and that's the thing about fighting that what it really teaches you, uh, sparring, it, what it really teaches you is, is to take chances. It's to take risks. Um, actually, when I went to, I competed at a world championships in London, England. This was uh, before I took over the karate school. So it was in 2014. Um and uh, actually, you had your boy Coriolis on here. Yes. So uh, before that summer, I, I met Coriolis before only once. Um, I went skydiving with Coriolis. Oh no way! Isn't that crazy? That's so, funny. And you know, world. You, you know Rohan Sondi. You, yeah, 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 yeah. So we all. That's how I met you through, yeah, yeah, yeah. through those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those, those Sondi guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so <laughs> I like to call them deadbeats. But anyways. <laughs> 
that's not a derogatory oh, term they know oh, anyways man. yeah they love i love those guys <laughs> um so yeah so rohan me and rohan we, we we went through this like extreme phase we're like yeah let's go bungee jumping so we went bungee jumping one time great time i'm like what's the next level let's go skydiving okay and uh he's like okay i'm gonna get my boys uh so cory ellis was there um and i cory ellis was on the plane with me and i just met him that day and actually i watched this video um a couple months ago because i have it on my usb uh and uh cory ellis is in they give you this video like they record you they have a gopro and cory ellis is in the video and i'm like yo this is my boy cory i just met him today he seems like a nice guy <laughs> and i'm jumping off the plane with this dude you know and i've never seen him since so anyways we we, we get on the plane and um you know and I, I was probably i was 22 at the time and i'm like uh i'm like yeah yeah let's do this you know and then we're getting higher and higher on the plane <laughs> and i look out the window and i'm like holy fuck like, what have i done what have i done and 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 you know things are getting smaller and and i'm like okay we're probably almost there okay. no we're not there we're going <laughs> higher and higher Jeez. and higher and i'm like and i remember actually i i didn't want to do it at that point i was like i don't want to do this anymore i'm so i'm so stupid what the hell am I doing? And I was the first one to jump too. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. I told Rohan, I'm like, I don't want to do this, man. We shouldn't do this. You know, why did we think about doing this? And Rohan's is, you know, Rohan has this big Rohan smiling. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, then we jump, right? Um, so bottom of the story was that when I fell from the sky, we're falling 200 kilometers an hour. Have you ever gone skydiving? Before? I have not. You should go skydiving. Uh, when you go skydiving, uh, it gives you this crazy feeling. I, I didn't want to jump at first, obviously. And when I'm falling down, I'm screaming. To, uh, you can't even scream because you're going so fast. And then when he pulls the, the parachute, then you just have this next level feeling. It's like bliss. It's bliss, yeah. And then, you know, once I landed and I had this different, like this something really changed in my mindset um and it really what what skydiving really taught me is that you can if you can fall from the sky if you can risk falling from the sky you can risk anything what's the worst that can happen now i jumped off the sky i could have freaking died uh i didn't even tell my parents about this obviously <laughs> um but i i jumped out the sky i remember calling my wife being like yo I, you know i love you you know i'm, I'm you know I, and we were in a fight the day before i know we we're in a fight you know but i love you baby <laughs> i always love you really sky and she's crying on the phone like that's i'm dying so funny. That's so <laughs> oh funny. my god and so and then i did the skydiving and then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go register for this tur big tournament in England. I haven't even been training. Uh, barely been training. I was in decent shape, but I, I haven't been training. So I did a couple of rounds uh, before I left, and I went to e London, England to compete at this tournament. And then I put my gear on. I'm getting ready to fight. In my mind, I'm just like, okay, hey, if I jumped off the sky, going forward and punching these guys or kicking these guys is going to be nothing. And when you're when you're when you're doing especially karate uh, point sparring, it's a lot of explosive movements, a lot of blitzing forward. I, I'm sure you know what blitzing is from football. You're blitzing forward, and the most common uh, move is a step away side kick right to the gut. Okay, mm. and it freaking hurts. It's the worst feeling when you get caught right yeah. in the solar plexus, and then and then you're like, you know, like you gotta you're winded and everything. Um, but you know, and that's a lot of fighters. That's their biggest thing. So they they blitz faster. They fake into it, whatever. So, but in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Um, I fell off the sky. This is gonna be nothing for me. I'm just gonna go for it. A side kick to the stomach is not gonna feel is not gonna feel like shit. You know. Um, so 
And then next thing you know, I, I fought up and I got a silver medal with no training. I haven't barely been training. I haven't been fighting for a while. Um, but I got up to a silver medal that, that year and it was nuts. It was, it was an unreal experience. And after that, it, that's kind of like, uh, I know I'm jumping really far away, no, no, no. Um, but that's really kind of what opened my mind that really made me realize that I want to do this for the rest of my life. That's so, so powerful, man. Yeah. I know I say that a lot about a lot of things, <laughs> but that shit is going to stick with me. And I didn't even jump off the plane. Mm -hmm. So You're going to jump off the plane soon. I will. I'm yeah. going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm actually like, I have the most like pussy excuse for why I haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. Is my shoulder. Like I actually like I've, I've had surgery on this one and like it's dislocated so many times and I see everyone's photos because <laughs> you know how you they take like the your instructor or whatever takes a photo with you. Yep. The, your arms are out here like this. Yeah. My shoulder's gonna pop out at like <laughs> what is it two thousand feet or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't have that. There's yeah. no. There's no popping my shoulder yeah, back yeah. in in the sky. <laughs> you know, but man. I'm. I'm gonna figure out how to do it. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe there's some other way I could do it. But anyways, yeah. I, I. That's really really strong because, like, once you did that, your mind actually like unlocked to like, okay, guess what, man. I could do anything. You yeah. got to take risks. You got to go and shoot your shot for whatever you got to do. For whatever, yeah, exactly. I like that a lot. Let's talk about, um, let's actually switch gears a little bit and talk about um, your experience with school. Okay. Uh, because, you know, okay. it, wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't something that uh, really fully panned out for you from what I understand, but mm -hmm. I want to hear your side of it. Okay, let's, uh, let's bring it all the way back to 2009 which was actually almost 10 years ago. It's actually crazy. Um, so in 2009, what are we doing? I'm in high school, grade 12. Everyone is applying for university. And I'm that one of those few guys are like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do, right? I really don't know what I want to do. Oh, I do martial arts. I do. I like to work out, maybe exercise science. Uh, maybe sciences. What does my parents tell me? Like, what does every Indian parent tell doctor, you? Doctor. You have to be a doctor. Lawyer. Lawyer. Engineer. engineer whatever. You know, <laughs> you have to do something. You have to, and you have to go to school, right? Um, and so I, I feel like I rushed into school. Um, I just kind of applied for whatever. And I went to school. And I was too young to be in school. Um, but I don't regret it at the same time. Like, and I'll tell you why. But... I was definitely way too young going to school. I think every, I think at 18, it's it's too young. I think we, and actually I got this from Joe Rogan, we haven't been on the planet long enough to really realize what we want to do. You're asking someone who's, actually when you think about it, at 16, 16. years old, you actually have to start making the decisions yeah, yeah. of what you want to be uh, when, you're, when you grow up. So you have to start taking these university level courses at high school and everything like that. Um, my What I tell my kids, I have a lot of teenagers at the karate school, and what I tell them, I'm like, guys, uh, I studied sciences, but I own a martial arts school. <laughs> and, I, you know, all that biology, that mitosis and meiosis crap, <laughs> I use that when I'm teaching classes, by the way. No, I don't. Uh, but so I tell them, guys, you know, the best, if, if there's any young viewers listening to this and you're in high school, I would say the best strategy I wish, I, I mean, I, I could have done was, you know, take the classes that are going to open all the doors but don't go into school right away, you know? Um, and I wasn't the smartest kid as well. 
I, I was more of a, I, I was more of a, I was always working a job, you know, I was working at the karate school and I wasn't the smartest kid. I would do pretty well in school. Like I, I think high school I had like an 80 average, which is, which is decent. Uh, but usually the kids that have an 80 average have like a 60 average university. So, so, you know what That's I mean? Me. So yeah, so me too, me too. So we'll talk about that in a bit. So, um, going, you know, I, I, I jumped into a science program uh and then first year university you know you're doing all these hard science courses and you meet so many people and you get caught up in that student life and you end up hanging out too much and then your marks end up sucking and that's kind of what happened to me the first year right i, I chilled too hard my marks weren't the greatest um and then i was like you know what i need to change my i want to change my program maybe i should study something that i'm more into like human kinetics so i wanted to change I, I i was like okay this year I'm going to stop doing all that crazy stuff. I'm going to try to switch my program, get a higher average and, and do this. So when I was switching for, uh, try to switch to human kinetics, I, was, I had to take these, obviously these mandatory courses and who else was taking the mandatory courses? My wife. <laughs> okay. So I met my wife, uh, in one of those mandatory courses. So, and that's why I say I don't regret going to school because I was a big failure in school. I didn't even graduate school, by the way. Um, and it, it sucks to say that. I've, I've put four to five years into school um, without coming out with anything. It really sucks to say that. But the reason why I came out with any, nothing is because towards the end of school, the opportunity of taking over the karate school came up. Mm. And it was one of those, should I stay in school or should I do this and do what I love? A fork in the road moment where you got to decide. Exactly. You know, so, but I don't regret it. You know, um, it is what it is. It's, uh, it it sucks. Like I was actually, I was (sighs) practically done my degree, but what the idea was is that, okay, I'm not going to graduate yet because I want to get a higher average so I can apply to a sick master's degree, maybe physiotherapy or something like that. I'm going to take my time, you know? Um, But uh, it just, it actually didn't work out that way, but everything always worked out for the best. Right. Yeah. So, but I met my wife in school, so it all worked out. And in the end of the day, what happened was towards the end, my parents were moving to Toronto. And my parents obviously wanted me to be with them. And I told them, no, you know, it's it's time for me to be on my own. Kind of like how you're on your own over here. I like it that you're on your own. I was like, I told my parents, I was probably, I was 22. I was, 22 was a big year. Um, it's time for me to be on my own. You know, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to finish off my program, up, up my marks, and then apply for physiotherapy. This is This is the plan. Okay, and then my parents left me. I moved out with one of my best friends. We had, we've had, we, it was the best life ever. Li- living with, <laughs> living on your own or living with your, with your best friend is a, is a great time. I highly recommend it. You got to do it because you learn such amazing skills. Yeah. Um, and then, then I went, you know, skydiving, went to the compete at the world championships. I'm living my own. And then the opportunity came to, to get in to take over this karate school because the current owner of the karate school. Uh, didn't want to do it anymore and he he's and there was another one of the staff members that was gonna take over the school because he's been doing it for so long and I go to my world championships I do very well and I realize and I really realized on that trip that you know this is something I can do for the rest of my life I lo- I've been teaching karate since I was 13 years old um, I've been you know been training been doing all this why don't I just do this for the rest of my life I <laughs> love it you know so yeah. um, and but the thing is at that you know you don't think that's possible you really don't think it's possible you know especially when you're when you're so you know everyone's so school focused like you know you got to go to school you have to get this degree get a master's degree go this go that you know and i and honestly when i was a kid i, I told my dad one day i'm like i think i want to own a karate school 
You know what he did? He, he told my karate instructor, I don't want him owning a karate school. You tell him no. And my yeah. karate instructor told me, no, you should be a doctor. You should be this oh, and that. okay, okay. You know, but actually, I actually expressed the interest when I was a kid and, and my dad kind of, and I, I don't, whatever. Um, but he, he shut it down. My karate instructor told me, no, you shouldn't do it. And you it should. doesn't come from a bad place. Like, no. I, and that's what, that's what, like, I think, you know, what you're also trying to say is like, it's not your dad's, he wasn't doing anything negative, man. It, yeah. it was just our parents' way of saying i want to set you up for success the best way possible that's what they're really saying when they want us to have these this the, this clear path yep that's what they want absolutely right? but you realized in your heart something was not right mm-hmm. and you wanted something else yep and you knew that from a young age but you know like all of us you're influenced by friends and family and all these external things right mm-hmm. but like why i really look up to you and why i'm really inspired by you is that you know you had that self-awareness at a young age mm-hmm. to be like now nah, you know this ain't right i'm i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pursue this exactly and yeah. so when you did take over this martial arts school talk to us about that experience a little bit more in depth tell me like what was it like to actually uh, you know you're so young you don't have you haven't run a business before <laughs> you don't know anything like i'm speaking for you a little bit here please mm-hmm. correct me if i'm wrong but yeah. you don't have you have the 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 consuming and the teaching side of it but now there's all this other component talk to us about that a little bit so when i well let me tell you really quick like what you said about my dad is absolutely right because when the opportunity came i remember calling my dad i said dad this is coming up there's, you know, he wants to sell the school, and I want to buy into it. I want to, I want to own this martial arts school. Uh, he's like, "What about school?" He's like, "What about your school? What about university?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know, we're, we're gonna see about that." He's like, "But I think this, this is such a great opportunity. I can't miss this out. I can't. I really want to do this." And he's like, "Son, sometimes you have to take a risk, so you should just do it." And I was like. I was shocked. Yeah. You know, you don't expect that because your dad is always pushing you to go to school. <laughs> and it's probably the realest thing my dad ever said. Um, and it's funny, that whole year is about risk. It's uh, about skydiving, right? to compete at a tournament. And now my dad's like, you should risk this. You should, you should do this because you will, you will never know what will happen if you didn't do it. And I'm 22 at the time. So young. Still young. 28. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we, we did it. And now, and now to answer your question. I knew nothing about business. Let's be honest. Uh, I didn't study business. I didn't. Uh, I but I was. I'm a naturally uh, a good talker. I, I can say that I'm a good salesman. Everything like that. And I think in business you need to be amazing in sales. Um, and then everything else you can learn. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that helped my business was just investing in myself. Okay. So if. Uh, uh, what I what we would do every year we would go to conventions we would learn go to these seminars and learn from some of the best uh, martial arts business owners around the world and learn from them and then implement some of their tactics into our business and amplify it and make it our own systems so every year I do that every year I'll go to one, from one to sometimes five conventions or different nice. seminars just to learn different things, whether it's about sales, about marketing, right. about business, about personal development, which is super important as well. Yeah. Um, so I, and I remember there was this one year where we actually took a big chance and we invested in this consultants in the U.S. 
and we were paying him like a lot of money every month to be working with this guy. And it was that year actually where we kind of doubled our business. Wow. We worked with this guy. We invested a lot of money into this guy to work with them. And the return was just amazing. We implemented all these new systems. We started a new, a new program at our school. We started this new marketing tactics and we just kind of tweaked it up and made it our own. And from there, our business has been completely th uh, thriving. I love this story, man, uh, because you know, of something that you said there, you didn't go to business school, you, but you didn't have to. You actually went and just, you know, people think that you have to be in school to learn, but you never stopped learning. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, I, I'm university, whatever. I'm just going to be a couch potato and just coast through life now, whatever. I guess I'm a failure. It's like, nah, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to learn as much as I can through all these other alternative methods, which I also want to get into with you a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But the conferences, the the mentorship. My next real question for you is what is the role of mentorship for you in uh, in growing and stuff? You said you you found this. Was it a one person? Was it a coach? What, what was this like? So... Um, like I said, I've had many great mentors. Master John is number over the first one. My dad is a great mentor. And I met this guy named Ben Stewart, who's a um, crazy entrepreneur um, and used to compete at tournaments as well. And he runs his own business. Uh, and he taught me a lot about running the business. Yeah. And then I, I had this other guy as well who was a mentor. His name was uh, Arthur, uh, who's actually best friends with Tony Greco. So okay. it's crazy how it all works out. And he <laughs> taught me a lot as well. Sweet. So when we're getting close to taking over the business, we had these two guys just coaching uh, us and helping us uh, get ready for you know the systems, everything like that. Um, but the biggest thing I, I would say they taught me was about sales. Uh, I think sales is what makes your business. You can have such a great product. Um, you can, I can have the best teachers. I can be the best instructor, uh, have the best-looking school. But if I don't know how to sell a membership, um, I'm not going to be able to bring people through the door, and my doors won't be open. Mm. So sales, I think, for business, um, sales is everything. And, and everything else is super important, but sales is definitely the number one thing. You could get someone to do the accounting. Mm -hmm. You can learn about the financial side of things and the operations and stuff. Can You could outsource some things here and there, but when it comes to one concrete thing you would recommend people to focus on is sales. Yeah. Does marketing get included in that or or is that a separate thing as well? Marketing is definitely included in that because if you don't if you can't sell, there's no marketing. Right. Right? But if there's no marketing, what are you going to sell? So they they work together, right? Um, and a lot of it as well, there's different so many different styles of marketing, right? There's social media marketing, uh, there's Google, there's uh, referrals, there's uh, there's literally face-to-face -face marketing, which I think I'm, I'm an expert at, um, and all kinds of stuff. But um, yeah, they all work together. And I would say another thing is just being um, a living product of your business. Okay. It's so important. I can't sell the lifestyle of martial arts. Uh, I can't sell the lifestyle of being... I can't sell people on being a black belt if I'm not a good black belt, if I'm not in shape. I don't live that lifestyle, right? Yeah. So when you when yeah. you see me on Instagram and I'm posting about yes, work hard, hustle hard, round one training, round two training, that's the life of a black belt, right? That's how we should be, um, and that's what I want my students to be. But I I can't just tell I can't sell you on it if I'm not doing it myself. Well, yeah, man, of course. I, like, uh, you could go out there and like pretend to be a black belt, 
and try to sell whatever you want. But if you don't have the receipts, if you don't have the, like I like to do those little accountability things, right? Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of this from people like yourself who yeah. are in the gym and actually doing it. Yeah. You got like a fucking chain around you. <laughs> You're doing like crazy fucking, I'm like looking at this fucking guy, man. Like Jesus Christ. But oh that's real. Those Someone dates. can go and verify, yeah. and look into you. You are you are the face of your business. You are your business, and you're really doing it. You're not faking. All it would take is one quick Google search for your name, and someone's going to see, oh, he's doing it. He's been doing it. Mm -hmm. They're going to watch this podcast. Oh, he's really doing it. Yep. He went to London. He did he, all these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's legit. Like that's That, to me, is a very important thing as well because – in a in a world where everyone you know it's the sexy thing right now to be a uh, an entrepreneur and mm -hmm. you know, be in business and s start selling t-shirts and drop ship them to everybody like you know <laughs> where everyone's like glorifying this uh the e-commerce e and 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 lambos and private yep. jets and you, that lifestyle whatever mm -hmm. what's really important is what you're doing mm -hmm. showing it and hey this is it it's here come sign up like i'm not i'm living, not bullshitting anybody here. living the life living the life living the life you're selling the lifestyle i love that you're also into more than just all this though right you have some side hustles that i'd like you to talk to us about a little bit mm -hmm. why don't you tell us what those are and what made you want to do even more than you already do okay so um i think it's important i think now the world we're living in the lifestyle that everyone wants, you need to have some side hustles. Um, and I've had, you know, when I was when I was younger, I'd always work two jobs, right? Well, most of time it was always the karate school. But I remember there was one year where I worked two jobs. I worked at Moxie's restaurant. Okay. I love Moxie's, by the way. <laughs> love their nachos and everything. My, and I love going back to that restaurant to go eat with my wife because I used to work there and I used to clean the tables, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, a, it's a very humbling feeling when I go there. Um, but... The, the when you're working two jobs let's be honest uh money is so important money gives you options um and if you want to manage your money properly uh having two sources of income or more is great because you can take one source you save it or you you let that one source pay your basic expenses and the other source you just completely save it right yeah um so i've always been obsessed with with multiple sources of income so I would do. I would teach classes, get my hourly. You know, my my when I was younger, teach my classes. I would p work at Moxie's, and I would do pr personal training, private lessons on the side. So I'd be making when I was younger. I would be making like thirty bucks an hour, like, and that was a lot of money. You know, ooh, thirty bucks an hour, and then I upped it to like sixty bucks an hour. Ooh, you know, yeah. uh, now it's a hundred dollars an hour, which is great. Um, but now what I've been doing, especially this year, uh, when I found out when I when I found out I was having a a, a kid, holy crap. So, you know, you lost stuff starts running through your mind and I'm like, hey, I got to get a, a head start um, to this. And another thing was I don't want to start 2019 broke. How many people start 2019 broke because of Christmas? Because you always end up spending so much money on Christmas. You have to buy this person a present, this person a present, this person a present, you know? And you got to buy your dog a present. You got to buy everyone presents. And then what's next? All these dinners you're going out to. Oh, $100 here, $50 oh, yeah. there. And when, you have a, when, you have, when you're in a relationship, it's sometimes it's $200, yeah. you know? So, and, then, um, and then New Year's Eve, right? New Year's Holy crap, yeah. man. The amount of money you can spend on the holiday yeah. is insane. So my thing was like, I'm not going to start 2019 broke. I'm going to start with 2019 with a lot of money. 
uh, and be very happy and comfortable and keep making money. Um, so what I did is actually, and all a lot of people notice is I, I started doing Uber and I loved it. I loved Uber. I did it for a couple of months and it was just so fun because you just, you meet so many cool people. And by the way, I drive a C300 Mercedes. So when I roll up with the Mercedes, people are like, what the F? Yeah. You know, why are you Ubering? And people, so many people have actually asked me while I'm driving, why do you do this? I'm like, because I like to make money. And yeah. all the money that I was making from Uber, Uber, blah, Uber, Uber, yeah. sorry, uh, I would save it on the side. I wouldn't even touch that money, you know? And it's such, such easy money, man. When people <laughs> say they don't have time, oh my God, you guys are killing me. There's so much time. Everyone has the same 24 hours. Yeah. And there's so much opportunity to make money. There's money everywhere. If you don't have a job, go and you have a car, you can go do be an Uber driver. If your car's too old, you go become a skip the dishes driver. Whatever. And don't and you gotta humble yourself as well. I own a I own a business, I'm driving a Mercedes, but I'm doing this Uber thing. So people are just shocked. Um but I was making good money off of decent money off of that. And I would go hang out with one of my friends. So that one of my friends who lives on the East End. I'm like, okay, bro, I'll be there like in a couple hours. And what's cool about Uber is you can actually set a location like, okay, I want to be here for a certain time. Okay. Uh, and you can pick up all these rides on the way. Nice. So I go to my boy's friend house and I would make 50 bucks on the way. And I go hang out with him and then I make 50 bucks on the way back. That's $100. And I went to go hang out with my, one of my friends on a, on a sick night. That's 100 bucks. Life can, pro tip. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I don't understand people that think they're too, oh, my time is too too valuable that's the common one it's too valuable yeah. you know and, and like when i and especially when i knew i was having a kid a lot was going through my mind you know i want my kid to have a, like a great life and and i want to have great resources i want to give my kid the stuff my my parents gave me right so let's let's start this off great uh so i did i did the uber it was great it was a fun time um like i met great people uh and then what i did as well is i took i, I made uh, some of the money i made i invested it and put it uh, and bought an online program an online course it was all about social media and i'm like okay hey, i'm gonna do this course uh and i'm gonna do it for my business so i can up my my canadian sport martial arts academy's uh social media i can learn about that and i can put it into my own personal account as well everything i learned from here um and then in the course, it's pretty cool. It teaches you some stuff. And then it teaches you how to kind of sell yourself and make a social media agency. Okay. So I'm like, okay, you know, let's see. Let's try this out. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I pitched it to a couple of restaurant owners I know. And, and next thing you know, I do their, I run their social media campaign. I run their social media uh, pages. And that's another side, side hustle right there. Nice. So I was, I'm doing that. I'm doing Uber. I'm already working at the martial, uh, you know, I'm running my own business, making that, and I'm doing personal training as well. Nice. So it's, it's, I think the concept. So you're doing personal training on top of the already, the, the, the teaching, the one-on-one -on -one, yep. like teaching that yep. you're doing? Yeah. Wow. So teaching, running the business, teaching classes, I'm doing personal training, I'm doing Uber, I'm doing this uh, social media agency. Um, so it's seven days a week, but it's, it's nothing. That's nothing. I, I, you don't need a day off. It's, it's unacceptable to take a day off, especially at our age. Yeah. You don't need a day off. You, uh, my, one concept I love living by is make money every day. Every find day. A, find no a way such to get thing paid. as a weekend. What's yeah. a weekend? Find bro? a way to get paid every day. When you have a day off, make more money that day. You know, book, I would book my personal training on my day off. I would book my personal training on the Sunday. And, and it's just that, you know, when you're working every single day, 
you have this you have this mindset you have this you feel like you're just ahead of everyone yeah and then you feel so confident and then you just you just feel so good about yourself yeah you know man. nothing can stop you so you know you see me posting on instagram i'm sure people some people get annoyed but i'm like no days off no days off it's true though yeah and, and you, and you feel people, amazing though, so when bro. you're working yeah. you know when you're performing at work you have this ego that I, I haven't taken a day off and I'm still doing this. Yeah. And then you work better. You get better results. 100%. Yeah. Man, you're, I'm so motivated right now. <laughs> I'm so, I'm about to take 2020 by storm, Let's bro. Let's go, bro. <laughs> I'm so, don't start 2020 broke. <laughs> don't start 2020 broke, man. I love it. I love it. Um, talk to me about your 2020. What's it going to be? What, what's the next? What's the big goal? 2020 is, is, is interesting um, because it's the start of a new decade. Uh, 10 years ago, I actually switched over to the martial arts school I took over now. It's actually insane. And I, I only thought about this two months ago when I really just kind of did some reflection. I'm like, holy crap, I, I've been here for like 10 years and now I run the school. And actually 2020, like cause when we took over the school, I had to take a business loan. Okay. Um, so my last <clears throat> business loan check is coming out in December 15th. Wow, man. So 2020, I own the business fair and clear you know uh so we, we did it you know that that's a big thing because that's you're paying huge, we're paying a loan every month and obviously that's cutting into some stuff but now it's like holy crap like we don't have these checks coming out like talk about a long-term vision though 10 yeah. years ago see people want instant gratification yeah they want the results now and no they want the results yesterday mm -hmm. they don't want to put in the time the work the hours the 10 years 10 grueling years bro and i can't even imagine how much shit probably went wrong mm -hmm. how many things you know obviously we don't have all day to just sit down and talk about your every day to day mm -hmm. what, what went down but man talk to me about some some of the things where you actually like you were actually like stressing like Mm -hmm. actually worried because right now you seem very calm collected obviously you are confident everything's all good i got these streams of income mm -hmm. but there must have been days there must have been moments where you you sat down and thought man maybe i'm in over my head on this thing yep um so it was definitely when i was in school mm. right when you feel that way uh schools school's interesting because school tests people at the same rate but now we realize that everyone learns at a different rate. Facts. You you learn differently. I learn differently. But we're all being tested on the same pace and the same exact time. And, you know, the, there's people that are naturally should be going to school and they become doctors, they become engineers. And shout out to those guys. We need those people. You, we need no one, those people. We're not giving blanket, like, advice, don't go to school. Mm -hmm. That's not what you're saying. But, yeah, continue. Sorry. No, no, it's, it's, it's true. We need those people. Uh, those people are meant to go to school. I was definitely not meant to go to school. A lot of people are not meant to go to school. They just got pushed into it and followed the system. Um, but there were so many downtimes, and I was with my wife. At, uh, I'm, I'm with my wife. At the, we were. Uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, and my girlfriend, uh, my wife, she became a nurse. So she's she's set. When you study nursing, you're gonna get a job at the end. You know. You know what you're gonna do when you're studying nursing. I didn't know what the F I was going to do, right? And I'm, like, getting my marks back, and I'm like, holy crap, man. Like, this freaking sucks, you know? Yeah. And I feel so down, and, and I message my wife, and I'll be like, yo, I don't, you know, I'm so scared. I don't think I'm going to give you the life that you deserve. I don't Damn. think, uh, you know, I don't, and my biggest fear back then is that I'm not going to be successful. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to buy a house, this, that, you know? And I think a lot of people go through that. 
um, I think a lot of people have those lows when it come when when in, during when the while they're in school. Um, so that's definitely was the biggest low, and it it that low I was going through that throughout my whole university career, throughout the whole university career I was going through that. I felt like I was putting so much work, but I wasn't getting it out. But I would just keep coming back at it. It's and that's the martial arts thing about it, right? Like it's like with the story we talked about in the beginning, how I would always lose tournaments, but I keep coming out back at it. And it was the same thing with school. I would keep coming back, and I was starting to see better and better results. And then you know, like I said, I probably had like a C plus average. Which is okay. You can graduate with that, but not like if you want to do something great. Like if you want to go into physiotherapy or if you want to go become a doctor, they ain't going to take no C plus average guy. You know, they're not going to take me. So um, I would say the biggest, the, that was probably the biggest lows, the, the worst times I've had within the 10 years, unfortunately, was when I was in school. Um, and when it comes to business, the there's going to be there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And I think those, those storms that I weather through at school, the storms I weather through in the business is, is, is completely different. I have mm. a different mindset when I weather through it. And, you know, like, you know, you're talking about how people think entrepreneurship is sexy and everything like that. Uh, they, no one really sees the, the back end of it and how it's, it's not. Sometimes it's, it's rough. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you'll have times where you're like, damn, I don't think the rent payment is going to go through. Yeah. And then there's times where you're like, oh, crap, like I, I, I can't pay myself this time. So but, you know, now, obviously, that was in the beginning when we took over <laughs> the business. Now we're, we're awesome. We're doing OK now. But there is times throughout past these 10 years where I've run into these these lows and and you just weather through it. And now we're blooming. It all comes back to that long term vision that exactly. you had. Yeah. Um, what's this decade look like for you in terms of that vision mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm not saying you i don't know how you really think but i'm sure you have a picture in your mind for when your child turns 10 what do you want what what do you want by 2030 mm -hmm. what what kind of things and we put it out there now or not but what are some things that you have kind of started to visualize you want for your life um so good quote is that we underestimate so we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year and we really underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years um i did not think i could uh i would be able to take over this business and pay it off by in, in this 10 years right I, I didn't even see that in the future so 10 years from now like i when, when i did the reflection i thought about what how these past 10 years went now i have that in my mind that if i map out these next 10 years if I really think about what I really want to do, I can get this done, right? So I would say my biggest future goals is definitely getting into real estate, um, you know, and, you know, and I'm and growing my business as high as I can as, as and taking it to the next level that we can. Um, but then... Would you franchise? Would you want it would to become a franchise? I would franchise it for sure. Um, and anything, whatever, whatever way we can grow, or even having this one powerhouse location right. sounds really nice to me. And and investing in in real estate and and doing these properties while having and I could teach at this martial arts school. Um, even more long term, the goal would be to freaking be able to dip for four months of the year <laughs> and my school running itself. Right now, my school is actually getting to that point. We have about we uh, me and my partner we've hired now fifteen staff members. Wow, which is insane. So now we're at the point where you know, I can leave or he can leave. We can both leave and the school can run itself. And it's actually pretty cool. So my my future, future goal would be to be able to leave, maybe go to Thailand for four months 
get away from this terrible winter we're having. <laughs> That's and, my goal. Yeah, and That's just my let dream, the school man. school run itself. Yeah. But at the same time, I love I love it so much. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had people tell me, "What are you gonna do for retirement?" Because when you own a business, you don't really have a retirement plan. You don't have a pension plan or anything like that. Mm. Um, but I feel like I found my retirement job. Because a lot of people who get retired, a lot of them, what they want to do is they want to get in shape and they want to maybe teach classes or teach fitness classes. I've talked to a lot of retired people and that's what they want to do. But I'm like, man, I feel like I've actually found my my retirement job and this is something I can do when I'm older. I want to look, go back to this, you know, my school and be like Master Roshi on Dragon Ball Z and have this big, <laughs> great beard and be super jacked still. I'm always going to be jacked. Um, yeah. and, and come back to the school and, and teach classes whenever I want and, and people will always know who I am. So that's pretty much the long-term goal is investing, 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 um, making the school flourish. And when it comes to my son, my son can do whatever he wants. I'm not going to force him to martial arts, but I'm still going to force him to martial arts. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I want him to. He's got to get his black belt, you know. Uh, I think yeah. there's just so much benefits when you teach a kid to go set a long-term goal. Uh, because to get a black belt is four to five years. If you teach a kid to set that long-term goal and achieve it, it's such a such a great benefit. And just I, I've seen the confidence in the kids who get their black belt at a young age and, and the way they, they do in school and everything like that. So it, it'd be something I definitely want for my son. Um, but, um, if he wants to compete, if he wants to be gr a great martial artist, it's up to him. Yeah. You know, um, or he can be a big book nerd or be a nerd and, but, but know, whatever it is, go all in, go all in. But I will definitely be more jacked and in shape. Than <laughs> I won't let him, uh, won't let him touch me though. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, that's a great vision, man. And I really, I know you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. I'm not really even Thank like you. it's not even a a question. It's it's just it's gonna happen. How it happens might not always follow the same path as you think, yeah. but I'm excited. I'm excited to watch you grow, man. Because just from what I've watched from as long as I've known you, mm -hmm. hype. Um, what are um, has your view on hustle and grind changed at all since having a child, though? Oh, you know, would you still question. would you still go do the Uber for four or five hours? For sure. Yeah. Uh, if I had to, yes. Um, now, obviously, uh, now my time is a little more valuable now. Now that I have a kid, every morning when I wake up, I I spend time with my son. I don't want to miss a moment uh, of him because I work I work all day. I work in the evening and night. Um, so in the morning, the first thing I do is I I I, I uh, drink. I have my water and coffee sandwich. You know, I chug <laughs> some water, have a coffee chug some more water and I pick him up and I just talk with him, you know, and, oh, that's and, cute. and he's like, that's yeah, cute, man. Man. <laughs> makes hilarious noises. Um, you know, I think the, the grind will always be there cause now there's no choice. Yeah. Uh, you got to win. Um, I ha I have so much accountability. There's accountability check now. Right. So yeah. every time I look at him, I'm like, damn, he's, his face, his eyes is telling me, go get it, dad, go, <laughs> don't fail. Don't, you know what I mean? Like he's just looking at me. Like I look at him, I'm like, I can't fail this guy. You know, I got to make sure there's always a roof in, on his head. Uh, he's fed. He's got, you know, he's he's actually already has a, a Mercedes. It's pretty hilarious. I, I, one, the little the little toy one. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little toy Mercedes, <laughs> so he's gonna want nice cars. He's gonna and he has nice clothes too. So, um, but uh, you know, it's uh, the grind has always been the focus has always been the same even before I had the kid. Um, I think back then my purpose was more like uh, before I had the kid, I was more scared of losing everything. I think that was what really drove me is I was scared to you know 
to fail, to lose my house, to lose my family, everything like that. So I'd work, 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 you know, to always be able to provide. But now it's a little bit different. Now my, sh- my focus is on this guy and making sure that this guy can grow and has everything he deserves. Powerful. Yeah. In terms of time management, uh, what's been the biggest key for you? Because your day... You know, it probably doesn't look the same every day, mm-hmm. and you have so many things filling up your your time. Yeah. What's been a key for you? Uh, just mapping it out. I have a. I just bought a agenda. I used to just do it on my phone, but I love writing it now. Mm. You know, it's, it feels more powerful when you write. Me too. Um, so I ma- I map it out every Sunday. Actually, tonight after after the, we 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 talk, um, I'm gonna map out my week. So every Sunday, it's kind of a ritual where I map out my week. I set you know some goals I want to achieve for this week. But also set what I want to do. So, um, you know, my I'll wake up. I'll have that water coffee sandwich. I'll play with my play with my son. I do intermittent fasting, so I don't eat anything. Um, but uh, then I'll do my fasted cardio. I own I own a gym, right? So we have a gym in, at the karate school. So I run, I go there really quick. I'll do some cardio. I hit this really. Uh, mean nasty machine called the Versa Climber. Okay. I don't know if you ever tried it. No. Someday you should come to my gym one day. You should right, come no. right time. We'll do a workout. And this machine okay. is just disgusting. It's like a climbing machine and it kills you. Okay. Uh, it's like the you use the salt bike. Yeah. It's very yeah. similar to that, but it's, a, it's like a vertical machine. Okay. And you have handles here and you're pumping those legs. You're you're just oh, doing this. Shit. It's okay. terrible. It's actually terrible. So, but I do that for like what I do is I put your I put my phone. I watch your podcast. And I so that way I have something to survive to, and uh, I'm just doing that uh, for yeah. my fasted cardio, and I uh, you know get a protein shake in, and I come home, spend time with the kid, uh, the kid again, and then just get ready for work, right? Maybe it's posting on social media for the for the other businesses, for my business, for myself, just just yeah. And as long as you map it out, right? Because then once I get to once I get to karate, once I get to the karate school, it's time to teach class. Actually, it says on my on my agenda. Um, 5 p.m. is the first class. What it says is to teach amazing classes because I got to teach amazing classes. It's part of the game, right? So it's always just mapping it out and following it. And when I'm done, I check off. And because sometimes you're not going to get everything done. Yeah. It's reality. Something comes out of the way. Like I'll be at work at, at CSMA and sometimes I'll have a friend just come visit me and wants to catch up and I can't say no. I'm like, hey, you know, it's awesome. I get to see one of my one of my long friends. So whatever, I don't check it off or something comes in the way. Maybe there's an emergency at the, the school or something like that. Yeah. So, but, you know, and then my my thing is that the more check marks I get, that's a good day. Yeah. I like the way Tony Greco put it, actually, the, with the win-loss category thing. Yes. I've been implementing a lot of, like, I'm learning from great people like yourself. And, like, I do like writing a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm very big. I have four different notebooks. I'm kind of crazy. Uh, like one for fitness and, and, and training and nutrition, one for uh, just my like podcast action items and stuff, one for just general to-do list. But one thing I found, because like, I've always kind of r- write things down, I never go back and cross the things off. I just get the things done. Yeah. But I find it very powerful, okay, to look, like audit. Okay, look, I, I got... 10 of these 15 things done, but the other five are going to have to move to tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. Like no. I'll get them done tomorrow. Yep. So I like getting in that, uh, in that mindset a lot. Um, coming back to the nutrition a little bit and, and your uh, intermittent fasting, I'm very fascinated by that mm-hmm. uh, because I try to implement it. I'm not, I'm not great at keeping up with it on the weekends i fall apart <laughs> yeah uh, but i'm good through monday through thursday i pretty much intermittent fast until about 12 o'clock uh, is when i'll have my first meal mm-hmm. 
my question for you with the uh, fasted cardio, because I'm a huge fan of working out on an empty stomach. Yes. I just feel great. And I don't know if you've seen, like, I like to try to go. Actually, yeah, you always comment on me when I go to the gym. <laughs> you always like, say, yeah, I'm there very early and yeah. I like to get it done if I can go early. Yeah. After that, I feel like I could eat a horse. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so hungry. It's tough, man, because you got to... <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. But it's it's uh, it, it also depends on your work schedule, too. Um, it depends when you start work and everything. And I'm, I'm lucky, like, you know, my business doesn't open till 12 o'clock. So I have the whole morning to do my side hustles or to, to work on myself, to train, to, to spend time with Leo and everything like that. So it's different on what your whatever your, your work schedule is. Um, if you're going to do fasted cardio... Holy crap, you need to eat after. Yeah. You're going to be hungry after. So it is hard. Like So that's why I'll time my fasted cardio uh, to before I, um, I it's time to eat. So what's your window? My window is from as long as I skip breakfast, obviously. And I'm not the most strict intermittent fasting guy. But um, at least I'll have my first meal anywhere from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Okay. And then I'm teaching classes, right? So I don't have time to eat when I'm teaching classes. Right. And then usually I'll have like a good couple, like I'll try to fit some snacks in there. But I'll have a good meal probably at like 9 o'clock. So it depends. It's changed every day. Right. Um, because a lot of it is the classes that I teach. When I'm teaching classes, I don't have time to eat. Right. Do right? you either try to snack or anything? Yeah, like a protein bar. Okay. Things yeah. like that. Just to keep But you. a lot of times, like my wife says I'm anorexic, but I'm not. You know, like I just, <laughs> I just, it's just hard to eat sometimes right yeah. and then um but the the fasted cardio i just time it i time it so i'll uh, time it before it's time to actually eat and i don't even eat right away i'll make a nice smoothie i'll make a protein shake put a banana some water some some flax seeds all that kind of stuff nice. and that'll be my my first actual meal of the day love it yeah uh any other like nutrition tips or philosophy out there i if you believe we've already gone way over an hour have we yeah man oh, yeah i was wondering i was like man what, i wonder what time is no that's great isn't that We're cool because you 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 watch them and you so you know how long they are when you're watching them yeah. but when you're doing it time kind of just flies really i feel does. like i could talk for three four hours yeah but <laughs> <laughs> it really does fly by man yeah well, time flies by when you're having fun for sure man yeah. but yeah back to the nutrition like is there any other like tips you'd give people out there just generally speak i know you're not a nutritionist yeah like disclaimer out there whatever but people would like to learn from people like so you. so it's you know it's about intake and output right um i think you have to have, have to have a good balance of both so i train twice a day every day uh oh sorry that's a lie i train twice a day maybe five times a week okay which is still a lot like not you can't do it every day because your body's got to recover but um the reason why I do do that is because I just feel better. I find I perform better. I work better when I'm working out a lot. And just because I love food, man. I freaking love food. I see there you got a Cheesecake Factory box. Oh, yeah, I ate it right away because I love cheesecake, man. Like, holy crap. I love food. Man. And I'm not eating bad every day. Um, I'm eating pretty clean, mostly like just a lot of low, low carbs and it depends on what kind of day I'm having. So if, like Wednesday's, Wednesday's fight night. So Wednesday I'm, I'm fighting at nighttime. I got to eat a little bit more or else I'm, my body's going to shut down when we're sparring and when we're training. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's different every day. Um, I just kind of just really decrease the carbs. If you really want to lean out, especially very fast, uh, like my goal this year, I had a big goal for 2019 was to lose like 25 pounds. So I was close to 200 pounds in the beginning of 2019. So, hey, that was another thing. I didn't want to start 2019 broke, and I didn't want to be fat. fat. Okay, I didn't want to be out of shape, you know? So yeah. um, 
And what, uh, so I lost 25 pounds. I hit my goal of 175 and I've maintained it. And the best way of doing it was just like literally just lowering the carbs, you know, having some, you know, small carbs here and there. And occasionally you got to have your, your cheat days and your cheat, sometimes cheat weekends. <laughs> and then, the, and that's the thing that fasting really helps you with, yeah. right? Is that if you're having like, if you're rebounding that bad, you might have to do a fast, uh, uh, during the week, you know, maybe a full day fast or something like that yeah. and just drink ju water and and coffee and all that kind of stuff. The other thing is coffee as well. Uh, do you drink a lot of coffee? Yeah, I'm a big coffee guy. I'm a big coffee guy too. So coffee is a great uh, appetite suppressant. It is. Um, so when you're drinking coffee and water throughout the morning, that helps you with the intermittent fasting well. Because like really, really true, strict intermittent fasting people will tell they you. Say no coffee. Yeah, no coffee. You know, for, they have the coffee. I think you still get like most of the benefits if you don't but mm -hmm. i'm not a doctor or scientist but yes technically speaking you know some people even say you can have water mm -hmm. but now it's like all right man yeah chill, chill out chill, you know? chill out bro it's um it goes straight through you but i'm does. a big fan of the intermittent fasting as a tool yeah. i don't think people should use it as just like a be all end all solution to anything there is none there's mm -hmm. none but like everything you just said is pretty much the consensus among people who have a healthy attitude towards nutrition and working out. Yep. Balance. Mm -hmm. Have a cheat meal here and there. Keep your sanity. Lower the carbs and try to implement intermittent fasting. Exactly. I love it. One of the last topics uh, I'll, I'll discuss with you since we are a little short on time here mm -hmm. is injuries and how it's impacted you. Mm -hmm. You talked about earlier this year you had a knee injury. Yep. Talk about coming back from that and how that not only impacted your physical but your mental. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I've actually had, uh, like you said, many injuries in my life. So I dislocated my left knee twice um, due to karate. Um, I've sprained my ankles, broken my thumb. So many like small injuries here, but the knees were always the worst, man. When you when you blow a knee out, it's it's atrocious. And this year, um, like I said, my goal is to hit 175. My goal was, you know, um, to also just get really good at fighting and become a great fighter and maybe potential compete at a at a big tournament this year. You know, I was getting at such a high level fighting. I was fighting three times a week. I was, you know, boxing my friends. I had some, I have some friends that do Muay Thai and I'm like, yo, let's come, let's do some boxing, you know, because it's good. It's good to work the reflexes and everything like that and footwork. Um, and then actually it was the day after my birthday, May 15th, um, and we're fighting super hard and it was just, it was, it's a freak accident and it's part of the game, right? It's, it, you're going to get injured. We're fighting hard. It's part of the game. Um, and I, I had my back foot turn and the guy was coming at me and I kind of fell, I fell backwards as the guys, as my back foot's turned. So okay. my, my kneecap, I dislocated and I tore this whole side of uh, all the ligaments on this side. And my knee went over there mm. and it was actually my business mentor, my coach who was in the middle of the ring, like refereeing. And I'm on the ground screaming at the top of my head. Like, it's the worst feeling ever, yeah. you know? And he's like, holy crap, like, what do I do? What do I do? And I'm like, just, I'm like screaming, like, just put it back in, just straighten it out. And yeah. he straightens out my leg. And the feeling of the knee just coming back, oh, my God, best feeling ever. And, um, and it sucked, man, because I worked so hard this year. Uh, and it's just sometimes, it's just how it goes, you know? I worked really hard this year to lose so much weight. And I became so good at fighting, and 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 I, I'm gonna get it back. But I, I I became so good at fighting, got such a high level, and it just got like that, just gone. And I was uh, I just actually I shouldn't be fighting right now, 
the doctor told me to take six months off. Uh, but I took like four and a half. So I'm like, I'm, I'm so ready. I, my idea was like, if I could do plyometrics, if I can jump, I can probably fight. And it still feels like there's still some, some a little sketchy. It's a little sketchy. That's the best word to describe it. It's sketchy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not going super hard right now because uh, I'm just trying to get my timing back and my, my movement back. And I'm getting beat up really bad already. You know, it is what it is. It's part of fighting. Right. And that's what fighting really teaches you. Sparring teaches you. It teaches you to be humble as well because it teaches you that if you want to give a beating, you have to take a beating. So I get beat up a lot. I've lost a lot of fights. I've won fights. I've lost a lot of tournaments, karate tournaments. I've won tournaments. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it, but the thing is, uh, it's the accountability. Um, I own this martial arts school. I run the school. And I teach that if we get pushed back, we gotta. If we get pushed against the wall, if we fall down, we gotta pick ourselves back up. Yeah. And I fell pretty low. I gained my weight, like not all of it, thank God, but I did gain like close to ten pounds again. Uh, I had my cousin who probably was gonna watch this. He's like, "Yo, man, don't gain weight." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> and I'm, I have this picture, like I, when when uh, when I when I messed up my knee, I actually had a week off of work because I just could not do anything. Yeah. And I was just on the couch being a potato the whole time. Yeah. And I have this picture. My wife, my wife made me this nice waffle with chocolate chips and everything. And I'm like, "Yeah," you know, <laughs> with my crutches and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, like. Uh, that night was just, it was such a rough night. And I actually, you know, I was actually crying that night. I was so upset yeah. because it was just so devastating. My wife, um, I, uh, my wife comes, picks me up and my wife is five months pregnant, by the way. So she's like pregnant <laughs> and she comes, picks me up and she takes me to the hospital and you think it's the other way around. Yeah. I should be pushing her in the wheelchair. She's pushing me in the wheelchair, yeah. uh, throughout the hospital. But I was just like crying and she's like, are you in pain? And I'm like, no, because like I've worked so hard this year. I've, you know, I, I just put so much into my training and my fitness and, and I just been, because when you fight a lot that you feel good. Yeah. You know, you, you, you feel more alive. You feel like, you know, you're taking a lot of risks. You're scoring. Sometimes you're getting hit. Oh, you get hit in the stomach. Oh, that hurt, but that feels great. You know, like, it's just, yeah, I know what you mean. You feel good, you yeah. know, and, and it just, and it was an accident. I'm not like, I'm not totally upset about it, but it's, it's a lesson. It's, it's a setback. It's a setback and the comeback is stronger than the setback. And, um, you know, it's, it's going to make me when I get back to the level that I was and better, it's going to make me remember that yeah. and be like, well, you know, a year ago this happened and now I'm here. So that's why one of my goals this year is to, to go to a big tournament and compete, um, especially after that, that big setback. And, and now I'm back of fighting. I'm back at my weight, 175, and it feels great. Um, and it just, you know, because my goal this year, 2019, was to be this weight. But what's the point of achieving that goal if you're not going to keep it? You know, mm. and that's the thing. We achieve goals, but we don't maintain it. A right. lot of times people set these goals and they don't what. But the real th aspect of achieving these goals is maintaining the goal. Right. Right. So it comes back to that long term mentality, man. Mm -hmm. It really does. You can set these milestones. And I think I saw some quote. It was something like uh, goals. Uh, you need goals. Goals are very I'm butchering this, by the way, <laughs> but you need goals. Goals are important for the short term and yeah. to give you the motivation and stuff like that. But it's the discipline and it's the, you know, long term enjoying the process and actually living it and, yes. and maintaining it, like you said, that's important. Discipline, man, is everything because um, I say this to the students all the time. Uh, every day, every day should be like a war. Uh, and there's battles throughout the day. What mm. is the first battle that we... we Waking up. Exactly. 
Should I press the snooze button? Yeah. Or should I sleep in? And we're not going to win every single battle. No. Right? Maybe I lost. Uh, I'm, I'm not the most disciplined person, by the way. I'm, I'm disciplined, but I'm not like stone cold, like <laughs> David Goggins kind of stuff. No. You know, but there's times where, you know, I, I love cheesecake and I sleep in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, there's battles every day that we're going to be um, facing. And the more battles you win, the more you're going to win that war. So yes. waking up is one of them. Going to the gym. Oops, shit. Okay. Going to the gym is one of them as well. Um, you know, and that's one thing. Is it's discipline. I teach the kids. You got to consistently train if you want to achieve your next belt. You got to consistently come to class. You yeah. got to work on your. You got to work on practice on your own. Yeah. And that's a battle, yeah, right? How is. many times do kids want to stay home and play the video game? And there's so many times where parents are like, "Oh, you know, he just doesn't want to come to class." I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, that's your job. You're the accountability uh, captain. When you think about yeah. it, you got to motivate him uh, to come to class. You got to bring him to to class, right? If you keep, le- if you teach your kids at a young age to make the decision of playing a video game or staying home instead of going to train, what's going to happen when they're older, when they have to go to school or when they have to go to work or when they really laziness, have to go to the gym? Laziness and entitlement. Exactly. I see so much of it, man. And yeah. I'm guilty of it too at certain times, man. Certain times I want to just sit and just chill and watch Netflix or, mm-hmm. or just do something that's completely unproductive. But you know it's that voice in your head that's telling you, yo, do you want to go back to, you know, that dark moment in your life do you want to go backwards no man always forwards Mm -hmm. and i've been obsessed with this idea lately of falling falling forward like someone i don't know who said that it's pretty generic i guess but it's like instead of like we all fall Mm -hmm. we're gonna fall just fall forward yeah because it's okay like it we're human we're gonna have the cheesecake mm-hmm. you're gonna fuck up you're gonna sleep in and hit the snooze button you're gonna play video games sometime but try to make it so that you're at least all right i played video games today tomorrow i'm going right back to training and all week i'm going to train yep you know yeah at least 80 percent of the time if you're doing good you're gonna still achieve your goals man. yep and it's it's a muscle in your brain if you exercise it more, if you exercise your free will more, if, you, if the more times you pull yourself out of the couch and go to the gym, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a muscle. It's the brain's It all, becomes it, easier and easier. I like because it becomes routine. I want to sleep. <laughs> I, yeah. love, I love sleep. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty early in the morning sometimes. And, yeah. you know, maybe I didn't get enough sleep or something like that. But I'll roll over and I'll ask myself that I have that internal battle. It's such a battle, though. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, bro, another 10, 15 minutes would be great. Yeah. That's when I just get up. Especially now when it's so cold. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but that's what like, and you brought up the accountability check. The reason why like, I'm doing that is mainly for me. I'm mm-hmm. just selfish and it's my ego, but it's to keep me in check. Yeah. Because for me, I'm not going to make it every time. Yeah. But I'll still make it later in the day. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't, I post a time for a reason mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. Like, it's not the morning thing that matters. It's not even the gym part that matters. It's, it's deeper than that. I hate to say it's deeper than that because <laughs> it's not that deep. But it, it sometimes is, man. Like, yeah. yo, it leaks into so many different areas of your life once yeah. you're, in that groove of working out once you're in that groove of making money once you're in that groove of eating right it leaks in you want to just be a great human to people you want to be a better son you want to be a better you know mentor to people you want to make a better podcast everything just becomes better but 
that same force can work in the opposite direction because we all know people who get into that get into that groove of uh you know like i cheesecake uh, i i i cheesecake this weekend mm-hmm. well fuck it i'll start next monday yeah i'll start my diet next week yeah or yo you know what like t- 2019 hasn't been my year mm-hmm. i'm going to start january 1st yeah Bullshit. Bullshit. I fucking can't. Well, why I, should Monday be the start? Why? Why not now? Why not and now? yo, that doesn't mean that just because you start now, you can't have fun and enjoy life anymore. Like, ah, oh, everything's got to be a drag. Just employ a little bit of self-control and like mm-hmm. discipline into your discipline, life. Discipline. Yeah. And, you know, I think the way we got into this tangent where we're talking about the nutrition and the training. And I think what it comes down to is you know, my output my has to be greater than my input. Yeah. So and I love eating food, I practice intermittent fasting, but I gotta train hard. If I if I'm gonna eat cheesecake, if I'm gonna, I love how we use cheesecake as the example. Well, I love cheesecake. Oh, man. Meg, man, shout out to cheesecake. Out to cheesecake. Uh, I wanted to start my own company. <laughs> Called these cakes. These cakes might actually do it one day, though. <laughs> Healthy version. You know, if if we want to eat that, we gotta earn it, right? Mm-hmm. With, yep. the, with the training and everything like that. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the final thoughts I'll end off with because I know we could go on for hours like oh, this, yeah. bro. But I'll have you back on. Awesome. Um, on the "It's Not That Deep" podcast, what I'm trying to do uh, now, kind of with my guests, is kind of touch on this one topic. And I'm not sure if you saw. I kind of wrote an article on it a little bit, uh, but I have this belief that at a core level and fundamentally, all humans are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. We all kind of want the same things, you know, whether it be health, wealth, happiness, you know, some core things that we all kind of want. That's something that I believe. It's not universally true, and I'm still working on this theory myself. Yeah. You've met many people in your life. Mm-hmm. You meet many people every day. You're very present and, you know, you're very good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. You're going to start your own podcast. You're going to do lots of things in the future. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? What are your thoughts on this? What do you think about that my little... the same? Yeah. What do you uh, think? I could, and speak freely. Mm-hmm. I think it it's true. I, I definitely agree that it is somewhat true that we're all the same. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. Um, obviously, everyone has different starts. Right, starts. but you cannot. Um, your start is not what's going to dictate. It's it's where you finish. It's what you it's what you take. It's what you do with the tools that are provided to you. Yeah. Right. We all live in the same world. We all have the same twenty four hours. Uh, we all have to sometimes. Some of us go to school. We all need a job. Everyone's getting paid minimum wage sometimes. Right. Um, but it depends on what you do with the tools that you have. Right. And that's what depicts. Uh, that that's what changes it. Right. Because. Um, I, you know, I may live in the same, uh, neighborhood as, as all these other, all these other guys and work in the same job. But what am I doing when I get home? Mm. Right. We may work, let's say everyone's working the same job and gets paid the same money and works the same hours in the neighborhood. But when they go home, what are they doing different? Right. Mm. So it just depends on what, I think it depends on what you're doing with the, the tools that you have. Uh, and that's what changes everyone. Very true, man. Yeah. I think one of the first pages of Jocko Willink's book, Discipline Equals Freedom, because mm-hmm. uh, Jocko Willink, for those who don't know, is a retired Navy SEAL. And I, I look up to this guy a lot, and he has a podcast, and he's been on Joe Rogan, this and that. Great dude. But I think one of the first pages, t- he talks about how in the Navy SEALs, 
he's met people from every walk of life. Mm-hmm. People who started privileged, people who started poor, people black, white, Asian, whatever. All kinds of different circumstances. Some people came up in the rough projects. Some people came up with a big inheritance. All kinds of people. But there's an equalizer, and those are the things you mentioned. Yeah. So I love that a lot, man. Yeah. Let's move on to our lightning round. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, four or five questions. Okay. And, you know, you don't feel rushed to answer them or okay. anything. As you know, you've listened to the podcast before. Yep. But, yeah, it's really not that deep. They're just random questions <laughs> that I came okay. up with. Okay. Um, if you could recommend one particular martial art for parents to enroll their kids in, what would it be and why? Interesting. Um, now we live in a time where it's kind of a mixed martial arts time. Back in the day when I did karate, um, when I was a kid, there was different schools. There's a karate school. There's a taekwondo school. There's jiu-jitsu, a judo, exactly, jiu-jitsu, judo. Different schools. Um, there, I like to compare martial arts to religion. Okay. They all have the same message. Well, they should have the same message. Um, but they all have different means of teaching it. Right. Right? Like judo is more throws, jujitsu is more submissions, karate is more striking, yeah. taekwondo is a lot more kicks. Um, so my answer to that is, you know, if you're if for parents that are listening and you're looking for a school to enroll your kids in, uh, make sure that the values that they teach are values that you believe in. So at my school we teach about self discipline. We teach about goal setting. We teach. We try to teach things that they don't teach in regular school. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's when you're looking for martial arts school. Uh, what, depending on and and sorry, getting back to why everything's more mixed. My school, we don't just teach karate. Okay. We teach a good mix of everything. We teach uh, taekwondo. We teach okay. judo throws. We teach our kids how to defend themselves if they're on the ground because ninety percent of a fight will end up on the ground. Yeah. Um, things like that. So we gotta. It's it's just more to make the martial arts more well rounded. Okay. And it's it's good more. Answer. Of, you know, it's the more it's the new it's new times right now. So. But as long as they, they're teaching the values of respect, which is another thing I didn't mention, is respect is a big thing. Okay. Uh, because there's some martial arts schools out there that don't teach that. Okay. And that's why some of their kids end up using the martial arts um, at school, right. on their friends, and then it becomes more of like this this like fighting, fighting So you thing, wouldn't right? say there is one that like, if you had to choose one discipline, one art for a, a younger kid to learn that kind of would set them up best for all of them you recommend more the mixed approach getting mixed a bit approach. of everything a little bit of everything Fair it's enough. like um you know as as a as a black i'm a fourth degree black belt, but i'm still learning right um so it's one of those things that there's there's always so much knowledge right and especially with martial arts there's so many different ways so many different streams of martial arts so there's not one perfect one i would say okay but as long as they're teaching proper values that's the most important thing okay if you could tell 17-year-old you anything, what would it be? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. Ah, man, 17-year-old me. Focus a little more on school, obviously. Um, or not. And, or not. <laughs> or not. And just don't, don't rush into things, right? I'll tell my 17-year-old me what I tell all my 17-year-olds right now at the school is take your time. Don't be shy. It's it's okay to take a year off. Because that's a weird age, man. It's a weird that's age. That's the age where you know everything. Yeah, you think you know everything. No, no, but yeah. like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. You you think I got this thing figured out. Mm-hmm. But really, 
Like you need a just big slap in the face. Like you don't know shit. Life, and I probably yeah. I, I'm 24 now, bro. I don't know shit. Mm -hmm. This is why I have a podcast to learn from people who know more shit than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> great, great. Uh, yeah. So I yeah. would I would just say like just there's nothing wrong with taking a year off. Take yeah. your time and don't rush into things. Right. Uh, and travel. Oof, man, you got to travel. I tell my 17-year-olds, go travel. Yeah. Go, you know, they do these Euro Euro trips at school. Go do it. Yeah. You know, just do it. It's it's fun so you can see the world. And I've seen so much of the world when I was younger and uh, even right now. And it's it's so important. It is. Yeah. Uh, books or podcasts you would recommend? Oh, Other than mine, of course. So, you know. yeah, that, it's not that deep, <laughs> bro. You know, gotta listen to this. Um so many books man i think one really good book is own the day own the day it's by this guy who owns a supplement company called on it uh -huh. and uh on it is a supplement supplement company that sponsors uh joe rogan as well so joe rogan and joe rogan has had this guy i can't remember the name of the uh the aubrey uh... aubrey yes aubrey marcus yeah. aubrey marcus great book um and he talks about you know how to you know how to work better how to live better. Um, he talks about uh, eating better, about sex, about everything. Yeah. And it's, it was such a good book. A lot of the stuff that I, I read in that book, I implemented in my life and it's really helped. So there's that one. There's the David Goggins book. Oh, Can't oh, Hurt Me? Can't Hurt Me. Oh, dude, it's on the list. It's high Bro, up on the list. Do you follow David Goggins on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, my God. This guy is Do unreal. I feel lazy as fuck when I, know. I see those videos. And his podcast on uh, Joe Rogan? Yeah. Holy crap. He's, he's Dude just, had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, or no no he had to have a heart surgery the morning of he ran a marathon yeah what kind of sicko <laughs> he's on the, the can't stop boat crew too <laughs> yeah and he's been around for so long because i yeah. did uh i went to new york one time and uh i did this uh, uh this went to this conference full seminars of amazing entrepreneurs and there was this one guy named jesse itzler and i got to meet him as well which he was he was pretty cool uh he he, he they talk in the podcast about this but jesse itzler brought david goggins to his house okay and got david goggins to train him and the story just sounded unreal <laughs> yeah i've so, heard that one uh that his book's good and another one i live by this one is the 10x rule by grant cardone okay have you read that one yet no, I haven't. holy crap that's a good one that's uh that's a that was a game-changing book for me as well um that really it, it's it's pretty much what it is is just to take massive action right. kind of like what you're doing right now with the podcast you're just going full out with it you're you're putting on youtube you're putting on spotify you're on apple music you're on instagram you're on twitter you're on this just boom 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 massive action and that's how that's how you get more and more results right um so when i read that book i actually i read it and he was actually speaking at this conference in new york that i was just talking about okay. and i got to meet him no way. And Grant Cardone is like like probably the biggest <laughs> rock star and uh, most popular entrepreneur right now. I think yeah. he what he's what made I think he made entrepreneurship super cool. You know what I mean? And super rock star life. So um, he that was uh, a baller. <laughs> yeah. When I met him, man, it was it was pretty cool. It, it was it was boss. And the one thing, uh, yeah, he said he said some some pretty funny stuff. And he's he said this really funny thing where he's like, if you don't have a million dollar business, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> And I was young at the time, and I'm like, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> and I'm clapping, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> but, and I got to meet him, man, and it was and it was so cool. It was just yeah. he's such an unreal guy. So yeah, his book, Own the Day, uh, David Goggins, and then obviously Tools of Titans. Have you heard of that one? No, it's a great book. It's like a it's like this big, 
It's uh, you should get it. It's I highly recommend it. It's six, it's probably seven hundred pages, and it's one of those books that you can read at any time. Oh, okay. so you don't need to read it full out, and you can pick it up whenever time. It's full of great information. It's actually uh, Tim Ferriss. Oh. Uh, Tim Ferriss has a really good podcast. Um, and these are pretty much people that he brought into his podcast. So it's probably a great book that you should look into because it has a lot of questions that he asks his his podcast the people that are on the podcast. Great, I'm, I'm gonna do that for sure, yeah. man. Um. Tell me uh, something you think uh, you think people would be surprised by if you told them, like a, kind of something about you that's like surprising that you know on the surface people would not put you in that box or wouldn't think you do this thing or anything. Kind of an open ended one here. Uh, let's see. I like to play Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Great I answer. I love that game, man. Uh, and that's the only game I play. It's the only game I go I'm good at. My friends always make fun of me for it. They're like, Imran, you will beat us in this game, but you can't beat it. You can't play any other game. Because I'm not a gamer, man. I'm, yeah. I'm the, but that's the only game I can play. And I love that game. It's a great uh, game. So, yeah, that's probably the one thing that people probably don't know about me. I'm a, I'm a nerd. Uh, I like to watch Lord of the Rings. Nice. If I don't know what to watch, I'll watch Lord of the Rings. I'll watch uh, Star Wars. Nice. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm actually a, a big nerd, but you know what? Nerds rule the world and they stay out of trouble. Absolutely. So, yeah. Last and final question while I got you here, brother. Uh, favorite UFC fighter? Ooh. Oh, you mentioned uh, GSP yeah. earlier. GSP, GSP. Okay, I, I, I change it all the time. Right now, my favorite fighter is definitely Khabib. Khabib. Holy Jesus, Love guy's a Khabib. monster, man. <laughs> I died just... when you were like, send me location, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Yo, when he... Uh... And I love Conor McGregor, too. Oh, Conor yeah, McGregor. I love them all. You know, I, I, it's it, the worst is when you see two UFC fighters fight each other. And like, I love both of them. I hope they both win. Yeah. Like, I'm like that, you know? Um, but the Conor and Khabib fight was very interesting. Because Connor was just kind of a big bully and he was just talking some pretty negative shit, you know, like saying some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. And Khabib is a very humble person. Yeah. He's, he, he's a, a family guy. Yeah. He, the guy lives with his family. Yeah. He makes all his money. He doesn't care about the money, you no. know. Um, and to see him snap at that fight was yeah. just unreal. And the way he beat him down was just uh, was just also like it must have felt so good for the little guys, you know. Yeah. When the big guy is always picking on the little guy. Obviously, Conor McGregor is such a uh, a superstar, and just yeah. but he was being a bully, you know. And, yeah. and sometimes you got to do that to sell the fights, and I get it, you know. Yeah. But he was picking on the little guy. He was, and the little guy yeah. kind of stood up and like choked him, choked him out, him out <laughs> destroyed him. So I would say Khabib is definitely my favorite fighter right now, and. Uh, and yeah, man. No, I, I love them all. I'm a big UFC guy. That's I watch, awesome, man. Watch it every week. We gotta man. watch a card sometime, oh, man. Oh yeah, we should 100%. do a Joe Rogan style podcast. Oh, that'd be card. so dope, man. <laughs> a fight companion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love watching those fight companions. Those are so funny, man. Yeah. Brother, thank you so much for coming out today. I really appreciate it, man. I'm gonna have you back on. I can't wait to watch you crush all your goals. Thank you. And I can't wait to crush mine and share them with you as well awesome. and matt we're in this journey for the long haul right for sure thank you so much i'm honored to be here um and thank like thank you for having me thank you for taking the time to to see me today and when and thank when you said that i inspired you thank you so much that means a lot you to do me man when you said that uh, and uh you're doing awesome uh you got so much momentum and like it's consistency you guys see his posts is is everything. He's so consistent with it, and that's why you're growing. Thank you, brother. Right, and that's what it takes. That. It takes discipline, and it takes consistency, and it's taking the momentum that you're getting and keep pushing that momentum. 
That's right? true. That's the thing. So keep it up, man. I love it. I Thank appreciate you, so much. you, brother. And uh, just one final word before we go out. Don't start 2020 broke or fat. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. It's Thank you. It's not that deep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's Not That Deep podcast. For access to exclusive articles and content, please head over to www.itsnotthatdeeppodcast.com. And to help me grow this thing to the next level, here's what I need you to do. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast on all platforms, wherever you listen, and share with all your friends and family on all social media. And please leave a rating as well. Remember, it's not that deep. Thank you.